you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen, and my special guest today is Dr. Melina Jampolis. Am I saying that right? Oh, good. Perfect. Good. I didn't want to murder it like, you know. <laughs> and is it okay if I just call you Melina? Of course. Okay. Uh, Melina is an MD. She is an internist and board certified physician nutrition specialist, which looks like it's a fairly um, small group of people. What is it? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, less than less than a few hundred of us in the country. Wow. Um, and a f- you are also a frequent media contributor. And I was also very impressed with a lot of the shows that you've been on. Thank um, you. And I'm just going to let you kind of um, introduce yourself as well and anything additionally that you'd like to uh, to add to that. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, well, first of all, um, I am trained as an internist. Um, and after, you know, seven years of training, uh, I six months into practicing internal medicine, I just decided that was not what I wanted to do. I did not want to make the pharmaceutical companies millions of dollars, putting people on drugs for high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, uh, when, and have like, you know, 10 minutes to speak with the patients about anything else. So, um, but at that time that was back in, you know, um, actually 1999 and, um, there wasn't a lot of, there weren't a lot of avenues for physicians to train in nutrition, but I really felt like that was the key, um, weight management and nutrition that could rather than, you know, putting band-aids on things. Um, I really wanted to treat it more effectively. So I kind of embarked on this journey of self-study initially and just going to conferences and reading textbooks. And then in 2004, I became a board certified physician nutrition specialist, which is, was a relatively new criteria. And, um, and that's what I've been doing ever since. I, I, of course, I incorporate my internal medicine training to what I do, um, but my emphasis is on nutrition, nutrition for disease prevention, for weight management, for disease treatment in some cases. Not that I eschew, um, you know, traditional medicine, but I always bring into nutrition. I always bring nutrition into everything. And I, it still astounds me that this is not a more integral part of medicine because I believe that every disease from head to toe has a nutrition component where either causality or potential benefit from eating some type of food substance. So, you know, I've written five books. I had a TV series on discovery called Fit TV's Diet Doctor. I've worked for CNN as a contributor since 2007. I've recently joined the Forbes Health Advisory Board. Um, You know, I do a lot of mainstream TV, like live with Kelly and Ryan and the doctors, you know, really trying to get good science across in a way where people can really understand it 
and implement it into their lives. So that's just me. And I'm an old mom. I'm 51 years old and have a seven-year-old and an 11-year-old boys both. So uh, I am busy and tired a lot. <laughs> and, and, and totally watching your nutrition in order to, to keep all of that under control, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and it was, I'll tell you, it wasn't easy during COVID, you know, at the beginning, I really had to, uh, to, to listen to my own advice, you know, often it was just such a crazy time, but um, you know, I think now more important than ever, I think that's one of the positives about COVID is that people are thinking a little bit more now how they're taking care of their body and supporting healthy immune function and, and, you know, minimizing the risk of maybe obesity and that sort of thing. So um, it's one of the few silver linings of the, uh, of the pandemic, that's yeah. for sure. But I think people have started paying a little bit more attention, which I truly appreciate. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because I think I think that so many people were just rush, 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 rush. They were so busy. They wanted to have every minute of their day filled, you know, before COVID. And I think that that's, that's the big thing that, that, that changed for everybody was that all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, I can't, I can't go. I can't go out for dinner. I can't go out here. I can't go out there. And, um, and I agree with you. I think it's a very, it was a very positive thing in that respect mm -hmm. i think it drove a lot of people crazy of course in a lot of yeah. different ways yes but um but overall you know i think people just became a little more aware of their lives yeah definitely and became more present um yes. and even you know i like the idea of cooking more at home, certainly that mm -hmm. has, you know, incredible health benefits, less on the run. You know, there's pros and cons. You're at home, so you're closer to the kitchen. And if you use it as a 24-hour, you know, food bank. Yes. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think the idea of cooking from home and, and making mm -hmm. more foods from scratch and spending more time with your family. And when we were alive, yeah. being able to get out more and even developing a home exercise program to kind of excuse proof exercise. I yeah. think, uh, I know for me, I bought a spinning bike, not a, not a Peloton early on. Uh -huh. yeah. And, you know, it was a game changer for me because I, you know, I didn't have to plan and schedule my exercise and make sure that I made it to the class. I could just hop on whenever I had a free 30 minutes and mm -hmm. it really helped me a lot in my fitness, uh, you know, protocol that I do at home. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, we, we bought a, a, my husband and I, a bench and some weights and another kind of chair went bench kind of mm -hmm. thing as well. So, yeah, yeah. And we walk every day when we can. It's pouring rain here right now, but um, <clears throat> excuse me. The um, I wanted to ask you, so <clears throat> since this podcast is kind of aimed for people over 50, um, and I, and I picked that number just because that's when so many things about our physiology and our bodies start to change. Um, you know, women, women start dealing with menopause, men start dealing with their own version of that. I was andropause. Um, and there's just, you know, especially nutrition, there are things that we need more of. Um, we probably don't need quite as many calories because we're not burning it as fast as we mm -hmm. used to, you know, all of those sorts of things. So I was just wondering if you would 
you know, talk a little bit about that and and give the audience some some maybe pointers or things to watch out for and things to think about? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it, you know, as at 51, that's, you know, obviously <laughs> I'm in that space. Yeah. So it, it's definitely something that I think a lot about personally. And, you know, my latest book, which is called Spice Up, Live Long, yeah. is really focused on um, what we can do to not only live longer, but increase our health span. I think, mm -hmm. you know, that's, uh, it's not just about living, you know, many, their lifespan, the health span is very yeah. important. And so, yeah. you know, there are definitely some, some changes that take place. I mean, I think more so for women, you know, I am mm -hmm. certainly in the midst of the, you know, peri <clears throat> menopausal and, and it's, you know, my body is just, I mean, I don't even know what to expect from day to day. So, um, but I think in general, you know, and, and a lot of what I focus on in the book is, is diseases of aging. So mm. we know that heart disease and cancer and diabetes and osteoporosis and uh, all these things start increasing in prevalence as we age. So I think I, it's a, I focus very much on disease prevention. And, um, you know, I think uh, even with men, it probably starts even earlier, like probably mm. closer to 40, but certainly starts accelerating at 50. Uh -huh with age-related muscle loss. I mean, I think that's one of the things that we honestly have the most control over um, that, you know, you lose up to 3% of your muscle mass per decade. But yeah. I think that is a really, certainly it's a combination of, of the aging process. But I think a lot of it is just that we become more sedentary and we push our body less, particularly women, you know, we're not as physical as we were say 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and I think from a dietary standpoint, research has definitely shown that most people benefit from slightly more protein than the yeah. recommended daily, daily allowance. Um, I think the quality of protein is very important because our ability to digest it and absorbs it decreases somewhat with uh, age. And also the more high quality protein is able to trigger something called muscle protein synthesis, muscle building more effectively. So I think that's important. We also know that as you get older, it's not just how much protein you eat in a day. It actually is beneficial to spread it out throughout the day. So I think that's something that I think changes a little bit is that I really encourage my patients to start their day with a protein-based breakfast, whether it's okay. eggs or dairy, or if they're vegetarian, a protein shake, a soy, a plant-based uh -huh. protein shake, um, and to make sure that they're getting protein spread throughout the day to optimize muscle building and muscle retention. Not that I'm trying to get people to be bodybuilders, but um, having uh, maintaining your muscle, which will mm -hmm. not only decrease your risk of falling, which is, you know, something that becomes more of a risk as we get older and breaking mm -hmm. bones, um, but also maintains your metabolism because mm -hmm. our mm -hmm. lean body mass is a pretty good contributor to mm -hmm. our total metabolic rate. And so the more muscle you can maintain, 
the more breathing room you have with nutrition. And like, for me, that's very important. I have a sweet tooth. So, and I like wine. So I want to make sure that I have extra calories in the day and maintaining the lean body mass can really help with Mm -hmm. that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, those are a couple of things I think, you know, cancer incidence obviously goes up. So, you know, that's, uh, that's why I wrote the, one of the things in the latest book spite about spices, I think mm-hmm. herbs and spices have tremendous antioxidant mm-hmm. properties. They fight inflammation, which can cause diseases uh-huh. from head to toe. Yeah. And many of them can actually interfere with the cancer initiation and propagation process. So, huh. you know, those are just a few things that I I talk a lot. I think it's important, as you said, because you have to cut calories, I think Mm -hmm. you have to eat, increase the nutrient density Uh, of your diet, not the calorie density. So you don't have to be perfect, but you have to eat, make sure that you have nutrient dense foods, because if you're eating fewer fewer calories, Mm -hmm. you may not get all the vitamins and minerals you need in a day. If you're not eating, you know, nutritious foods, in addition to some indulgences. Yeah, yeah, no, and that makes a lot of sense. Is there, that's another problem. Now I just forgot what I was going to ask you. Um, No, I know what I was, also how, talk a little bit about the relationship of protein with our bones. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something, that's a great point. I mean, people think of calcium as being really the only thing that is relevant to bone Mm -hmm. density. Um, But uh, certainly, well, vitamin D certainly is very important. And the ability to convert vitamin D in your skin from sunlight exposure diminishes with aging. So that is something that I often recommend supplementing after 50, particularly if you live in a northern latitude where the UV exposure is not going to be as potent. Um, But protein also for bone density is very important, as is vitamin K you know, there's a lot of different nutrients with it. We know and and magnesium that works synergistically. We get magnesium from leafy greens and beans and nuts. So, you know, really as corny as it sounds, having a balanced diet, you know, that's why I get so nervous about these um, kind of fad diets or uh, aggressive elimination diets uh, is the population ages because then you're much more likely to not get enough of a critical nutrient, um, Mm -hmm. you know, for disease Mm -hmm. prevention. Um, You know, fiber is very important for the digestive tract, you know, and these low carb diets can also often be deficient in fiber, um, low fat diets, deficient in healthy fats that are important for, you know, creating hormones for brain chemistry, omega three fatty acids for brain health and reducing inflammation can help decrease your risk of, you know, age related Mm -hmm. cognitive decline. So, um, you know, Anytime you cut major, I mean, obviously, like for you, you cut dairy because you have a sensitivity to it, you mentioned. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's how can we introduce different types of uh, good protein and and calcium from vegetables and making sure or or making sure that you get a supplement to uh, make sure you maintain bone density. So, you know. Um, but quality protein is an important, you know, and that becomes more challenging with a vegan diet, obviously. So in those patients, I'm often suggesting some sort of protein shake because mm-hmm. it is very hard to get like a gram per kilogram, about half a half of about a half a gram per pound of, of your ideal weight in wow. protein if you're on a vegan diet, because then you got to eat a lot of nuts and a lot of beans and things that really may pack on the pounds and then you become skinny fat. So you're actually 
overweight, but don't have adequate muscle. So, you know, I think, um, paying a little yeah. bit more, obviously a more plant-based diet is highly beneficial in many circumstances, but I think adequate protein is also very important mm-hmm. to the equation. So, you know, fish, I think being a pescatarian is a better idea than a vegetarian, which is a better idea than being vegan if you're over 50. Yeah. No, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. And when you're talking about like vitamin D and omega threes and omega sixes are the other ones, right. That are out there and people get confused, which one is which. Um, What about some of the things where if you have, well, a, where you get, you get too much through supplements, right? Because so many people think, oh yeah, if this much is good, then twice that amount must be better. Right. Right. Yeah. And just because it's natural that it must be harmless. I mean, I think, you you know, that's something too, that you have to be careful of, particularly as you get older and you may be on medications. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's drug supplement interactions, there's drug food interaction, there's supplement supplement interaction. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just taking something because your neighbor said to, or your acupuncturist told you, or your personal trainer, and then Right. <laughs> I think you need to be careful. And is there, you know, it's, it's complicated, but you, you do, because the medical system, I don't think is as equipped to deal with these questions. You have to do your homework, talk to your pharmacist, go online, make sure, you know, um, and, and yes, certainly um, mega doses of anything are probably going to be detrimental at some level. I mean, even vitamin D there's, there's, uh, uh, you know, evidence of that. So, and, and, and it, I think one of the things that is, you know, really important to understand is that we're talking about balance in the body. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you take too much zinc, copper absorption can be affected or things like, you know, even with hormones, we're looking for balance. So, you know, when you mega dose on things, Um, you're probably going to be throwing something off at the cellular level, which, you know, may have long-term or even Mm -hmm. short-term consequences, you know, so definitely Mm -hmm. you don't want to be deficient. And I think, you know, the medical community is probably not focused enough on nutrient deficiencies, um, particularly things like magnesium, which is involved in over 300 chemical reactions in the body. And yet 70% of Americans are deficient. Um, you know, but there's, there's, so you, you do have to kind of take it upon yourself. And then of course, antioxidants, you know, people don't pay a lot of attention, polyphenols, probiotics, prebiotics, you know, everything works synergistically in the body. It's not just one super nutrient that does everything and makes you perfectly healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, I mean, magnesium is a perfect example. There's like how many different kinds of magnesium out there in, in supplements? It's like, yeah, there's well, quite a few with different levels of absorption. All, not all the same, right? They're, right. They're, they they help with different things, or you know, you need to take more because it's this kind of magnesium, right? Or you need to combine it, or you need to take it when you're not taking something else. Yeah, you know, I mean, no wonder people just get confused, throw their hands up, and don't do anything. Absolutely, no, I totally agree with you, and I I don't blame them, and I I mean, it always amazes me too when people come into my office with just like grocery bags of supplements and, and they line them up and I'm like, why are you taking, they don't even remember why they're taking half of what they're taking. And I'm like, okay, 
did you notice that this and this are almost exactly the same? And you're like, yeah, yeah. so you do, you have to be smart about it. You know, yeah. just, just because something is natural doesn't mean that it's that you, like you said, totally that you can take unlimited and more is better. You know, it, it is um, the body is really, and, and that's where I, that's why I always try for food first. I mean, that may yes. not always be possible because our, our soil quality has deteriorated mm-hmm. so much over the last 50, 60 years. Yeah. Um, and our, you know, ultra processed foods in our diet that are stripped of critical nutrients. Right. Um, so I think even if you eat a perfect diet, I'm in the camp of, I take a basic senior, I hate saying that, but I did, you know, basic senior multivitamin for women uh-huh. over 50, you know, and, uh-huh. and I have to tell you, it, it actually, um, I started it over the summer because I noticed that my nails weren't growing uh-huh. as well as I, uh-huh. and it's totally changed that. So I must've been deficient in something. And wow. that's yeah. the other thing about the, you know, with medicine, because tests for micronutrients are less in mainstream medicine, it's not really widely accepted because they haven't been as clinically validated and it's complicated. Like what's in your bloodstream may not be what's relevant at the cell level or even in the intramuscular level. So what are we really testing? So, you know, it's not so easy with, as a doctor, you don't have, you don't, you can't just send you to the lab, like with vitamin D, I can send you to the lab and say, you're deficient. I calculate your dose based on how much you're deficient and how much you weigh. And then I'm for something like magnesium, that's not even possible. You, you know, you need functional mm-hmm. magnesium and that's not a accepted test. So I always tell patients start with diet first, and then we kind of supplement as needed if necessary, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, but it's complicated. And unfortunately there's not too many doctors that do it. It's left to dietitians and, you know, dietitians it's out of pocket. Insurance doesn't cover it unless you're diabetic or have kidney failure. So Mm -hmm. something I feel Mm -hmm. like really needs to change in our whole, and I've been working very hard as part of the national board of physician nutrition specialists Uh Uh to try to evoke some of those changes, but it's an uphill battle. I tell you, it's it's slow and, you know, people are conservative Mm -hmm. and doctors are slow to change and creatures of habit. And, you know, it's, it's, it's frustrating. And, and as you said, you know, a lot of it is dictated by insurance and, or where they work. Right. Right. And I know even just for myself, I'm 66. And the last time I went in to get my yearly blood test. Yeah. Right. I got it back. And the only thing she had tested for was, um, cholesterol. And there was one other thing. I can't even remember what it was. And I'm like, excuse me, I'm 66 years old. And that's all you're testing for. You know, what's wrong with this picture? Yeah. Yeah. No. And a lot of that is, is, you know, driven by insurance companies and government, you know, and, and, and even physician training. I mean, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it is hard, you know, I tell you, I've been out, you know, I graduated medical school in 1996 and, mm-hmm. you know, to keep up with everything with the latest advance, sure. you know, it, it's hard. It, you, you really have to be your own advocate in healthcare mm-hmm. these days, yeah. um, which is challenging for somebody with no health background. I mean, mm-hmm. to go into yeah. your doctor's office and ask questions and, you know, and be treated with respect then by the doctor. It's just, 
unfortunately is not going to happen that often. Or maybe your doctor just doesn't know. They certainly don't know about food most of the time. So, um, or supplements, which I think are part of that. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, and then, and then we have on the flip side, we have, you know, you know, there are some integrative doctors that I believe take it too far and it's too much unfounded science and too many supplements. So, you know, I feel like I'm caught in the middle where sometimes I'm looking at these tests from, you know, functional medicine doctors, and I don't know what they mean. I I don't know whether they're actually legitimate tests, but it seems like, you know, and the patient, when they have to pay $3,000 in out-of-pocket expenses and then buy $300 a month of supplements, I don't know. That's not good medicine to me. I, you know, I, I, I just, it's a business and, and I, and it's hard, but, but they are listening to the patient, you know, this new field of functional medicine and more integrative, they sit and they listen to the patient because they can, because the patient is paying cash. So unlike insurance companies or managed care, they give you five minutes. I mean, so, you know, it's hard. I think the system is broken and, um, and I, I hope that it slowly changes because I think our health is, is, you know, at stake and and our children's health and, you know, don't even get me started on like childhood obesity and that, you know, that's been really, really discouraging during the pandemic. And I I'm praying that that reverses as we, you know, start getting out of it. Yeah, that's, um, that, that, that's difficult. And, and I, I can appreciate that. I mean, I was a fat kid. Um, and and I, I was lucky when I was in graduate school, I went, I went to UC Berkeley mm-hmm. and my doctor, you know, did the weighed me and all that kind of stuff and said at school, it was the school doctor. And she, at that point, she said to me, she said, you know what, you don't lose the weight. Now you'll be fighting this the rest of your life. Wow. She was ahead of and her time. You better believe it. I mean, cause we're yeah. talking about mid 1970s. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and so I did, I went on a, actually a calorie diet kind of right. thing, but, but it made me aware of what was in sure. the different foods. And, and I did, I lost like, I don't even remember what it was like 30 pounds or something. Fabulous. And yeah. And I've knock on wood, kept it off. Yeah. But you know, I was lucky. I was very lucky that she, you know, that that was who I was talking to. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, uh, <laughs> I, I have, I struggled with weight and I was younger too, after a high school, you know, knee injury playing soccer. And mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about nutrition. So I just kept eating like I did when I was playing soccer three oh hours God. a day and gained, you know, 30 pounds during yeah. puberty, like when I was 15 or so. And oh. I mean, I didn't actually get the weight off. Nobody ever told me, you know, uh, that it was relevant. I didn't look yeah you know, I'm a pretty big bone person. So I didn't Mm. look really that Mm. big. Um, But, uh, and it wasn't until after medical school that I started figuring things out and trying to learn. And I mean, that was part of my, my journey too. So Mm -hmm. I do, I think it makes me a better nutrition and weight loss doctor because I truly understand where they're coming from. I mean, Mm -hmm. I've never been morbidly obese, you know, but I have to pay attention. And so I understand that, you know, I understand that it's not easy. I'm not a great cook. That's another little dirty secret. No, I've, I've written five books and they all have like 
recipes in them and I never make any of them. I, I have like three. I hire chefs, you know, to do all this stuff for me. And, you know, on my new podcast, Practically Healthy, uh, yeah. I'm talking about cooking with people and I'm like, okay, let's let's make it really easy for me because I am just not like, you know, that great in the kitchen. So, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. I'm a realist when it comes to all this stuff. And I think, um, you know, it, that's important to delivering information that is actionable uh, for, for people and that yeah. they feel isn't overwhelming or intimidating. Right. Oh, no. I, and I, I, I totally understand that. I totally agree. Um, you know, it's like you watch some of these shows and they've got the, somebody came on and did their favorite recipe. And it's like, yeah, it looks good. Somebody wants to come into my house and cook it for me because it's yeah. happening if I'm the only one there. Exactly. No, I know. If it has more than 10 ingredients, oh, I'm just like, I can't. Five? Yeah, I know. Five is better. But ever since I've written the spice books, I realized that you can have like five oh. different spices, just a little bit that adds yeah. extraordinary flavor and health benefits at the same time. Mm. So I've bumped up. It used to be five. I used to be with you, like it's five yeah. or less, yeah. but right. now I'm like, okay, I can do a little cumin and oregano uh, and turmeric. And that's not like, a. that's not hard. Cause I've got the spices on my, you know, counter and I could just uh-huh. take it in. Um, especially when you really understand the health benefits. Cause I've spent seven uh-huh. years studying the health benefits of herbs yeah. and spices. And it's so exciting. Re- I'll send you a copy of my book, my latest book. You're oh, gonna, I would love that. Yeah, you're going to love it. It's just, it like inspires you to just even try, even if you just add one thing to uh-huh. your eggs or something, you know? Yeah. Um, I think you'll be inspired to do it. It it I, it inspired me. So it's kind of fun when your own work inspires you, you know? Oh, absolutely. No, no, that that's, that's great. I would say probably five out of seven nights of the week, we have salad. He makes his own. I make my own. Really? We can do it at our own time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, he's, he's, he's great. He was a single father for a long time. So got it. He, he learned how to cook. <laughs> Good. So you can do an easy, like balsamic vinaigrette and just add, fre- add fresh or dried herbs and boom, you've amped up oh, the yeah. health benefits like that. Oh no, that's, that's, that's great. That's great. Oh, I'll look forward to getting that. Oh boy something something a lots little of good different. stuff yeah and I talk yeah. you know on the new podcast too mm-hmm. um it's called practically yeah. healthy by Dr. Molina so I really uh-huh. get into you know a lot of practical things yeah. that you can do no matter what your age is from a fitness standpoint even from a mind standpoint you know we've had a lot of really the oh the last guest I just had on you would love um she wrote the book French women don't get fat and she's in her seventies. Oh. oh my God. Uh, yeah. And she's still like, you know, she was the CEO of Vogue Clicquot. So like she uh, drinks wow. champagne almost every day. She loves chocolate bread. She walks everywhere. She's very inspiring, you know? So I really try to bring on inspiring yeah. guests of any age um, to talk because I think everybody's journey is individual, you know? And I mm-hmm. think you can you can be inspired by different people in different ways. So um, that's been the fun part of, of doing this podcast too. As you know, I mean, you've been doing yours for three years and I just started mine like six weeks ago and it's, it's been, uh, it's been fun so far, you know, just getting to really get to know people and, and everybody has some wisdom on some level, you know, if you give them the chance to Mm -hmm. communicate effectively. So uh, Mm -hmm. I'm sure, uh, 
Oh, I'm sure yeah. you've had the same experience over the years with your podcast. It's a lot of fun. Yes, yes, absolutely. And it's, and it's interesting because it's only been probably the last year and a half, maybe a little more, that actually started having people on. Oh, wow. Before really? that, it was always just me. It was things that I had found health. They were healthy tips. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, sometimes they were 10 minutes. Sometimes they were 20 minutes, but that was about it. So it's, it's now I, now I kind of alternate. Yeah. Day. But um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm just today actually going to be posting my, it's number 130. Wow. Yeah, it's like it's like really have I really been doing it that long oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but it is I and I, as you say I meet some really interesting people like you thank you I appreciate it yeah so um so one let's talk about one other area mm-hmm. and that's um brain function brain fog brain you know as you get older yeah. And, and the things to watch for, not just as you get older, but before you get to that point, what are the things that are really important, like getting enough sleep? Yeah. That, I mean, so. certainly that's definitely important. I struggle the yeah. most with that one. Yeah, so um, do I. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, but I think, um, you know, reducing inflammation in your body, Mm. Um, even in middle age. So if you tend to carry your weight more around your midsection, um, the so-called belly fat, you know, if you're more apple shaped, that Mm. triggers more inflammation in the body. And we know now that over time, that inflammation can be damaging to the brain, can impair hormones in the brain, uh, specifically one called BDNF, Um, So you really want to eat an anti-inflammatory diet. That's very important. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to make sure that you have adequate, then there are, there is a diet called the mind diet, which was created by a professor at Tufts, um, which I'm a big fan of. I I actually reviewed the diet for Forbes and I find it quite components of it, quite robust. So having plenty of omega-3 fatty acids and leafy greens and not too much sugar, and a glass of wine is probably okay. And, um, you know, adequate fiber and that sort of thing. Um, definitely the omega threes are good for mood, antioxidants, herbs, and spices. Again, turmeric is involved in over 50 different protective processes in the brain. It's mm-hmm. a very powerful anti-inflammatory spice. Mm-hmm. Strongly recommend incorporating that into your diet on a regular basis. Blueberries actually help stimulate nerve connections in the brain. Mm-hmm. Thyme helps actually with short-term memory in adults. There's really? been clinically proven to do so. Uh-huh. Um, So the quality of your diet, in addition to getting regular exercise and trying to minimize belly fat, um, I think all of those things can really add up along with lifestyle factors, as you say, adequate sleep, stress management, using your brain, challenging yourself intellectually, community, connection. There's Mm -hmm. a lot that goes into optimizing brain health as we age. Um, you know, and I really think even if you have a strong family history of Alzheimer's or something like that, dementia, that there's a lot that you can do to potentially minimize your risk of those things. And the sooner you start, the better, because, you know, most people aren't even aware of these, you know, subacute uh, decreases in brain function that start happening happening around our age and 
And yeah. some of it is normal, the word finding, which I'm always struggling with as well. Uh, yeah, you know, but for me. So, yeah. uh, but I, I really believe that you can have your choices in life can have a profound impact on that. So is it out of curiosity, is it is it actually possible to get enough turmeric just by adding spices to get that? Because it's what curcumin or whatever yeah it is I mean you know it, it's a great question I mean in, mm -hmm. in you know the short answer is we don't really know but you know having like you know a quarter to a half a teaspoon making sure that you combine it like with a little bit of black pepper which increases mm. the bioavailability by two thousand okay, percent right. and then also with fat so having yep. olive oil or nuts and seeds that yep. triad really improves the absorption and some people theorize that that's why the population of northern india has four times less alzheimer's disease okay. is because they naturally include turmeric and black pepper and oil in all uh -huh. of their curries so yeah. you know food for thought we don't yeah. know for sure it's hard to do those studies where mm -hmm. we're really doing diet intervention studies yeah. with something like a spice yeah. um, but i think it's promising and i think we can look at observational studies where we observe populations and really learn a lot about mm -hmm. that yeah 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 i just i just was gonna um this thing doing here um sorry thing came up on my screen um i just was gonna point out that i think it's very interesting that when like like you were saying with the indian population with the turmeric um if you look historically at people and how they developed their food habits and look back far enough right it's it's so amazing that that humans developed and and these ways to eat and things to eat that work synergistically together and that help with certain things and now that we're all connected and we're all out there in the world and we've gotten away from all of these things, right? We don't, we don't listen to our bodies. Particularly. We don't grow our own food. I mean, yeah, you have, well, you know, strawberries year round, tomatoes yeah. year round. Yeah. You know, we don't have room for gardens. Um, you know, there, yeah, we've, we've, it, we, we need to go, go back to that a little bit. It, it would make, I think it would make a big difference. I mean, my third book is actually called the, it was the worst performing book, but it was called the calendar diet. And it really was about eating seasonally. Um, and I just oh, think that yes. concept is so foreign to Americans yes. in particular. That's something that the French women don't get fat author. And I actually discussed because that's so French, they go to the market regularly, yes. they buy what's in season, you know, they're not eating, right. she's not eating tomatoes in the winter, she thinks they taste like cardboard. They do. When she brought that to my attention, I'm like, Oh, my God, you're right. This tastes terrible. Like, what am I doing? But America's we just like don't care. We fly it in from somewhere else. Yeah. Right. I mean, yep. you know, I'm buying blueberries that are coming from Peru. Right. I do love that though. I still do those because they're too good for us. And I love it. That's like nature. I know. Camp. No, no, no. I've got them in the refrigerator. Believe me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Costco carries them year round. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I should let, I should let you go. I know you've got, you've got a busy schedule. Yes. Thank you. And um, I really very much appreciate you coming on the podcast. 
And Thank I, you so much. And yeah, send me your address. I'm going to send you a copy of my book. And if you okay. want to give one away to your listeners, I can send you two. I don't know if you do stuff like that, but I'm happy to uh, a good share idea. the love. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can, I can do that right now. I'm, I'm trying to give away coaching sessions because I also do, I do coaching. Wonderful. So, That's fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so let me say that even though you are a registered doctor, we are not giving away medical advice no. on this podcast. And so if you're having any kind of an issue, Please call your own doctor, go to the emergency room, whatever is appropriate for what you need to do. And with all that said, I will see all of you next week. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit HealthyTipsAfter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.